0: This is The Global Custodian, There's Always a FinReg Angle podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest developments in financial regulation. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of There's Always a FinReg Angle. I'm John Watkins, editor of Global Custodian, and I'm joined virtually as always by a cast of FinReg experts, Sean Tuffy, Virginia Shea, and Joe Parsons. Welcome back, everyone.
1: Season's greetings.
0: Great to be here. Hello very everyone. <laughs> and an end of season special end of year special i uh mean I'm, I'm thinking, does everyone remember the Friends episodes where they just had a series of flashbacks throughout the whole thing, which meant they didn't actually have to act or do any work <laughs> <laughs> So I'm hoping for something like that today, but we don't need to say or do anything. and Kaius producer Kaias, you've just got to piece together all our best moments from the series i can
2: be I can be the uh Finra holiday armadillo <laughs> <laughs>
0: You got that in the closet, Joe? <laughs> Just waiting for the perfect time to get
1: that
0: out. So what we'll actually be doing today is looking back on the big moments of the year, discussing a few predictions for 2020 and talking about some of the updates since last time we spoke. But it's it's uh, been pretty busy lately, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm assuming my microphone just picked up the cat noise in the background there, so um, sorry for that disturbance, but <laughs> let's um, let's talk about some of the Finreg highlights of the year. Uh, Virginie, what, what stands out to you from 2020 as a highlight? I mean, there was some highlights, right?
1: Um, I mean, a highlight, if I was going to do a highlights reel, well, I suppose the CFTC-SEC first meeting ever in a long time thing that, that was very uh, well publicised, no, despite the fact that now everybody is resigning from both agencies and we're, not, we're going to have a completely new crew next year. But uh, that was certainly a, a sort of a record-breaking moment, since I'm constantly, as well as Sean, talking about the CFTC and the SEC in the uh, being at odds with each other over the years, so it, it was nice to see them have a, a little powwow together and have a, a public meeting together, um, which I thought was very good. Um, Sean's
0: livid, you've stolen his answer there for sure. I have. <laughs> I, I know, have, sir,
1: Sean. <laughs> uh,
3: I got to remember to go first next time. No, I mean, obviously that was. I mean, long may that spirit continue under the new leadership. But um, I think for my uh, <laughs> my side, I think. I mean, obviously, at some point we're going to have to talk about COVID, but. Not, not at the moment. I think the highlight, I think, you know, from an implementation standpoint is sort of the final mile of SFTR being uh, completed with the, the reporting, requirements, reporting requirements coming in without any major tumult. Um, so I think that was probably for people who have been dealing with FT, SFTR for the better part of a decade. Uh, that was a, a welcome
2: relief. Sure. And Joe, any highlights from you? uh well uh, for me it wasn't so much any highlights because not much actually came into force so i think we at uh, sort of the beginning of this year we expected you know so many sort of big legislative uh, regulatory sort of um rules to come into force um and they just didn't happen largely because of, you know, of the the operational pressures that covid sort of, and, well the, the impacts of covid on on many many operations and that meant Compliance with you know, some of the big, bigger pieces of of, of, of regulation um, couldn't have been really complied with and, and, and it's now been pushed down the line. So that's probably one of the big highlights for me. It's been a year of delay. But that absolutely cements in our
0: season two, there's always a finger egg <laughs> angle 2021, because that's when it's all going to be happening. So every cloud. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, so sure. what do you what do you think about that then? Even though everything was delayed, do you still feel like it was a busy year for for Finreg.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it was. Um, I mean, obviously, some major, some big chunks got delayed. Uh, most notably, uh, the CSDR buy-in uh, and the UMR phase five. But honestly, I think everyone was happy with the delay because, especially with CSDR buy-in rules, it gives the commission's actually finally taking a second look at whether they need to be. Uh, tweaked a little bit. So I think everyone was happy for that delay. But I think a, 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 still a fair amount happened. I think what really got delayed is more on the, I would say the rulemaking and consultation periods um, that were going to, that was from my perspective, going to set the table for 21, two's implementations. I mean, a lot of that stuff, the work on AFMD two, you six, method three, all that stuff got pushed, um, pushed a little farther down the timeline, which means, we we'll be spending next year debating those topics in 22, implementing those changes. Yeah, Virginia, what do you think?
1: Oh, it's certainly going to be a crunch point. I mean, we cannot forget SRD2 came into force or supposedly did this year, uh, even though half of the countries that were supposed to be implementing <laughs> it failed to put it into legislation on time. Uh, and some of them still haven't put it into implementation on time. So uh, standard practice within the regulatory sphere in Europe. Uh, one might say. So, I mean, there, some things came into force, but very few. Um, yeah. And certainly, yeah, as, as Sean said, it's it's all being kicked down the line. And there's a, there's already quite a heavy pipeline of requirements, requirements coming in or, anyway, let alone what happens in the US. Now we've got sort of a new administration and we're starting to see the types of people that are being appointed that aren't, let's say, as, as Wall Street friendly uh, potentially as, uh, as as the previous administration. So it will be interesting to see whether we get another massive crunch of regulation coming up. So I, I think that's obviously that's something we haven't mentioned yet, but that's an interesting development in the US. If we're going to be coming more closely into line with Europe and uh, and the US, that would be interesting to see. And we didn't mention Brexit either. <gasps> <laughs> that's a highlight for anyone. Been a whole yeah. Six minutes. <laughs> that's for the the. the Year of the year, maybe, yeah. but uh, as we as we approach the end of the year, we still haven't got a deal, so it's it's becoming increasingly likely. Uh, people are panic buying, food shortages are on the <laughs> horizon, and uh, God knows what happens with Finreg.
2: <laughs> and we also had, we had we had SFTR as well coming. You know, we had sort of two phases of that: you know, the sell side in April and then the buy side in in September. Um, but it's been, I, I mean, from a a headlines perspective it's been quite quiet on that on that front but so Virginia what have have you heard um sort of since since then especially from the buy side
1: it's been a bit of a non-event for them to be honest I mean I think there was a lot of preparation um in certain quarters but I don't think well with the buy side and I hate to say this and I'm sure you can't say it but I can say it I always find (laughs) the buy side only ever move when they've had like a sort of kick up the backside from the regulators whereas you know some action's been taken and people go, oh God, but we better go and comply with this now. Um, So I imagine that that's the way with most of of the compliance requirements.
0: So with with FTR then, I mean, is is it another case of another reporting regulation come in and then you you get years down the line and realize that there's not actually much to take from it and that incomplete reports are really not painting the picture that regulators thought it would?
3: I mean, generally, obviously with these reporting requirements, it takes a while to understand how useful the data is, and I think if you look at the last ten years, you know regulators have gotten an increasing amount of volume of information. Um, and one of the things that's always sort of on the back burner from policymakers is to how to sort of rationalize that to make it more useful. So, I think we'll we'll be it'll be a while before we really understand um, if ESMA or you know the policymakers are getting what they wanted from the SFTR reporting.
1: I mean, there's some interesting industry developments around thinking about ISDA's CDM and, and them trying to look at, you know, harmonizing derivatives and, um, and the securities world and you know whether the uh, and we've seen some moves by the cftc to try and simplify and bring things into line on data standards i mean i think for, we're never going to get global data standards sadly i wish we would but it aside from you know the the odd one like lei um which isn't even properly implemented but uh, <laughs> less on that but uh, certainly i think that's where we need to move towards we need to at, at the institutional level is trying to tie all these different pieces of you know, regulatory reporting together and rationalize all the systems that people have in place. Because a lot of firms have, you know, kind of fire, well, firefighting and, and, and introduced lots of different disconnected bits um, that could probably be better if they were reporting, you know, consistently across the different uh, different regulations and, and different jurisdictions. A little bit better anyway. You can't obviously harmonize everything, but uh, move somewhere, somewhere down that road.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's 100% accurate. I think when you talk to sort of asset managers, buy-side firms, um, that's always on their list of things to do, right? So in the last, you know, five, six years, through all the regulation that's come in, there's been new reporting, and it's sort of come in and fits and starts in different speeds um, from different regulators, and there's a lot of overlapping data. Um, but you end up usually building solutions sort of in isolation. And sort of one of the, one of the items that's always on the wish list is sort of Take a more holistic look and see if you can, you know, really look for these efficiencies um, to sort of make your reporting more robust and flexible. But unfortunately, the sort of the pace of regulatory reporting requirements isn't slowing. So I feel and I would love to be, you know, proven wrong that it remains always on the wish list and never really sort of moves that far along um, in a lot of firms.
1: Unfortunately, so. (laughs) I mean, anything when it comes to data standards is always, it's always in the back burner is now. I mean, I I see investments, I mean, I'm actually doing research on it at the moment in terms of data standards and how people are building business cases for data quality and things like that. But it's not, compliance is sometimes an aspect, but it's not tending to be the primary one at the moment. Mm. It's more around data services and people building new things rather than anything to do with compliance.
3: Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like if you don't, if you don't get your budget for your compliance and your reporting up front, no one ever wants to, and it starts working, no one ever wants to go back and revisit it, honestly. Because um, it's, it's just not, it's not one of those sexy things that people get really excited about. And, and as we move into next year, you know,
0: Joe talks about some of those regulations that have been delayed. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID, obviously, and, and vaccinations, but do you think there's further room for delays? Are, are people still gonna be able to cite, yeah, we're not operationally ready, we haven't had time to prepare, or do you think we're just expected to, to move on with things and, and get used to the, the new normal or
3: business as unusual as they're, they're calling it now? I think it's the, the latter. I mean, I think you look at the tone from policymakers, um, the way I like to think of COVID in sort of the regulatory world is that it was sort of like a, a flash flood. You know, it hit the volatility April and May and then started receding and that's when, you know, so a lot of the consultation started up again. Um, all the delays happened really in that first two months. So I think sort of policymakers have adjusted to the new normal and they will, will have expected um, the industry to as well. So I, I don't think there would be really any further delay of implications. But also, if you look forward to 21, there aren't a lot like CSDR, you know, the, the settlement discipline. Um, it was technically a 22 event, but prepare, preparation for it would be in 21 and initial margin wave five. But after that, there aren't a huge amount of regu- big regulatory rocks on the horizon for next year, honestly. So I don't think there's there will be much push um, for delay the way there was this year.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, don't, I don't see there's appetite for it within the regulatory sphere, though I think next year we'll see a lot more regulation coming in or being drafted. Uh, particularly around operational resilience and things like that, and we'll have more consultation periods and things like that to to back to regulators. We might see a deluge of bloody consultation papers, as we always do. Um, and we haven't got them before Christmas this time, which is nice. I feel like that that there's uh, not been as many as there were in the previous years. It's wow. Usually, there's Christmas reading, right? Yeah.
3: Well, we got a. <laughs> Yeah, we have a few more days before.
1: Oh God! A few more
3: days before Esmo's annual holiday drop. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I mean, I totally agree. I think next year is honestly the focus for the industry and policymakers is going to be engaging debates about what new rules might be needed, and I think those are going to be framed around really two big cornerstone issues. One is sort of a, a COVID postmortem, and the other one is sort of life after Brexit and what how does that impact policymaking? So I totally agree that next year for the industry, it's going to be about engaging consultations um, and sort of setting the table, the regulators setting the table for the implementations that will happen in the years to follow.
1: Actually, thinking about it, though, there was a fascinating Um, consultation came out this week um, from the Fed and FDIC and the OCC around reporting of cybersecurity incidences. And it's for banks and banks is suppliers, I think they put it at, um, you know, so so that kind of covers everyone um, mm-hmm. that's sort of in in the fintech space or market infrastructure realm. And that's sort of mandated to the regulator reporting about cybersecurity breaches, which I don't believe has been the case in the US. You haven't had to, you know, haven't been mandated to report them, uh, you know, at, at regular intervals, which this seems to be proposing, which is, is kind of a, a, a different, different approach. And I, I wonder whether that we're going to see more of that across the globe.
3: Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me to be honest. I mean, the timing is kind of ironic given that the Treasury also had a cyber event in the same yeah. week. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we will see that sort of, I think cyber becomes, I mean, not that it's not a big issue, but I think you will start to see more looking at how you report cyber incidences and especially as sort of, and I hate to be a future work guy, but if we assume remote, remote working will be more common in the future than it was in the past, all regulators are going to want to know how you're supporting that remote structure and how your, what your sort of controls and risks are around sort of cloud-based applications and remote working and all that
0: so we've given a couple of thoughts on on 2021 and what we can expect come up next year any other predictions for for the new year that you're uh you're you're willing to to give um can be a, as bold or uh out there as, as you like joe what's uh what's one from you
2: i mean it's not it's not exactly great but it's probably going to be a lot of fragmentation that has been caused by um sort of brexit and and a lot of the reviews um to some of the regulations i, I think some work's already been started on MIFID. um there doesn't seem to be an agreement around uh derivatives clearing which you know could have you know a lot of uh you know, widespread impacts really on, on, on sort of the activity for, um, you know, both UK and, and sort of international investors, uh, European, and, and even from those in the US. Um, and even sort of the, 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 the reviews into AIFMD as well, which is some aspects of that are Brexit driven um, to make it, you know, maybe less, a, a, Make the EU probably more competitive, competitively as an advantage to to the UK, um, and and you know that we're going probably going to see a lot of um, sort of operational and, and technical, technology technological um, implications for so asset UK UK asset managers and and, and hedge funds, um, and it'll be interesting to see you know the the the, the, the knock on effects that will have up up the value chain and. What some of those sort of custodians and and fund administrators gonna have to do to you know, their service model to try and cater for probably a, a greater fragmented marketplace.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And on that note, do, I mean, do you think there's ever been, <clears throat> Sean and Virginia, do you think there's ever been a year of so much uncertainty? You know, we're going into the new year. Well, like I said, Joe said, Brexit isn't sorted. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We don't know when some of these regulations are coming in. so much uncertainty around. Um, so, yeah, Virginia, I guess, what do you think? Are we going into a year where there's more uncertainty than ever? And, and could you give us another prediction for the
1: new year? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think so uh, in terms of uncertainty. I think adding to the mix the US and God knows what's going on with the administration there and, and <laughs> back, back and forth over the last uh, month or so. Uh, It's caused a lot of, you know, market volatility and uncertainty and people are very unsettled, I think, across the globe. So I don't think it's, you know, particular to Europe by any stretch of the imagination. So um i do think, however, you know going into the new year' you know we'll we'll have oh, i I do feel sorry, actually, I do feel sorry I should say this. I feel sorry for Esma because you know their New Year's Eve from nine o'clock onwards they will be working on updating thirds and fits for the <laughs> for the new year due to brexit. so uh you know shout out to them working hard behind the scenes to try and sort out reference data uh, and operational issues due to to brexit but uh, brexit's going to be continuing to be a theme throughout the year I'm sure but uh, I'm most interested if I'm, I'm thinking about predictions around um, cloud and big tech right there's been so much um, movement and discussion in the EU in the US about you know cloud concentration risk, Uh, operational resilience of cloud, we've had, you know, Google went down, uh, Gmail went down (laughs) earlier this week, um, caused a lot of problems for a lot of different fintechs and some, uh, you know, some financial institutions, in fact, um, that are using Gmail uh, within, you know, to a limited extent, but also um, <clears throat> G Suite and things like that were, were problematic. So, I think this is this is where we do see um, more progress, more pushing of, of uh, cloud providers, and, and uh, maybe more scrutiny than ever before of, of those relationships of concentration risk. And I think there may there may actually be a you know a regulatory push for multi-cloud. Um, so that you can switch from one provider to another. And I don't think anybody wants that to happen because it costs a lot of money and you're generally locked to your cloud providers. It's very hard once you've built something on a cloud platform um, using the proprietary tools of that cloud provider to actually switch out. So I think that's something that's going to be increasingly discussed in 2021. Uh, not that it hasn't already been touched on, but I think that's something that we'll, we'll see much more um, evaluation of.
0: Brilliant, Sean. Sure. What about you? Oh, You've given us a couple already.
3: Yeah, no. I think I think I, if I look at predictions, uh, I have a couple, a few that I think are going to happen. I think we've talked about it in previous episodes. The debate around usage delegation rules um, <clears throat> is going to be probably the biggest debate for cross-border or global asset managers of the year. I think ESMA will introduce tighter regulations. Um for third country delegation in use its funds but i think that most it won't be as disruptive as people fear the other couple of predictions i would say is sort of <clears throat> i think we're we will get a mifid 3 consultation this year which is everyone's nightmare i think but i think we're definitely going to see a mifid 3 consultation and then the final one in this case to virginia is uh talk about the sort of administration change of priorities in the us I think we are going to see the U.S. pivot in two ways. One, I think they are going to pivot back towards ESG. So right now, the ESG agenda has really been driven um, by the EU, and I think it will be a, a, revi- a be refreshed under a new leadership in the SEC. Um, and I think that could lead to potential sort of conflicting approaches uh, for regu- at a regulatory level. And then I think we are going to see uh, the. FSOC, which is the Financial Stability Oversight Council um, in the U.S., sort of be revitalized under Janet Yellen's uh, likely leadership, which I think will probably bring back the debate about the potential systemic risks of asset managers. So I think those are sort of the big thematic things to look for out of the U.S.
0: Yeah. Virginia, what do you think about that? And, and also, any um, who's the bets? who's, the, best, who's the, the favorites for the SEC job right now?
1: I can't keep track of who's. Out. Surely it's Sean.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, my <laughs>
1: campaign right. seems to
3: have, my, my my campaign seems to have faltered recently. So, um, I mean, everything I read it, it appears that were that Gary Gensler is has lined himself up in the to to take over the role. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. So <laughs> <It's that> good,
1: <laughs> like musical chairs, musical chairs <laughs> from the CFTC to the SEC.
3: The CFTC chair and SEC chair are open right now. So it does seem like a perfect opportunity to combine them into one role. But unfortunately, <laughs> I can I can wholeheartedly predict that won't happen.
1: <laughs> I agree. It won't happen. Sad sad times for us all. <laughs> I mean, on on something else that Sean said, obviously uh, on the ESG front, yeah, it's going to be a big year for discussions, continued discussions about ESG in in the US and in Europe and the rest of the world for that matter, because I think nearly every every country is looking at it. Um, So I believe uh, that will be a, a big talking point and obviously trying to come up with Workable cross-border standards is going to be interesting. Um, and obviously, the FCA is going to have to get its uh, thoughts down as well in terms of, of how it's going to come into line or not with, with what the EU is proposing. Will it go into line with the US? Who knows? That's that's kind of interesting to see.
0: Uh, I certainly
1: think that's going to be a big topic.
0: And, and we're expecting the taxonomy from ESMA in, in 2021.
3: Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah,
3: I think that will be. I mean, I think the interesting thing on ESG, and I totally agree with what's been said, is that the EU is so far ahead. It will be really interesting with, with the FCA saying they're going to do a taxonomy. And if the US looks at it, like it just will be how you, like, and IOSCO hasn't even published their sort of global consultation. So, how you create some sort of international standard um, out of this will be really challenging. But I think, I mean, as Virginia said, that like every Every jurisdiction is coming up with ESG rules. So, I mean, trying to manage that is a nightmare for for firms that operate on a global basis. So some amount of cohesion would be certainly welcome.
1: I think the S bit is going to, I mean, I'm sure I've said this before, but the S bit is going to be one of the most controversial, I would imagine. Because really, you know, the way that we define certain sort of what societal norms in one country, you know, if you think about, you know, what societal norms in the Middle East versus, you know, what societal norms in Asia versus the U.S., even yeah. the US versus Canada is different societal norms and, and definitions sometimes. So I think that's where we may come into you know, the most problems with the E and the S and the G.
3: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, and also, I think if we're being honest right now, it's, it's really capital E, lower ca- lowercase s, lowercase g. But I think it right. would, in terms of the approach, but I totally, the S and G are important and, and more contentious, to be honest.
0: So I thought we'd end the show with a few quick fire questions um, and to do this, it's either going to be a yes or no answer or perhaps a number or a price, which gives you a clue on one of the questions. Um, what we'll do is I'll, I'll fire out the questions and if we go in the order of Virginia, Sean, and then Joe, um, you can answer as quick as possible. Okay. Everyone understood? Yep. yep. Good stuff. Right. Go Settlement discipline regime, 2022, 2023, or never?
1: 2022, but modified. Same.
0: Yeah, 2022, optional, buy-in. buy interesting aspect there. Okay, question two. Will Gary Gensler come up in every single There's Always a Reg Angle 2021 podcast episode?
1: Yep.
2: Yes. Sadly. Next guest star. (laughs) (laughs) Next guest star.
0: Actually, that was my fourth question, so I'll go straight to it. A guest appearance on There's Always a Reg Angle uh, podcast in 2021. Yes or no?
1: A guest appearance, yes, of of someone's cat or <laughs> uh, no,
0: that that's happening every episode anyway. No, I don't know a famous figure from the Finnegan industry. Let's say,
1: would they dare come on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure.
3: <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm going to say yes. Yes, go on then. They got to put
0: their
2: money where <laughs> <in> their
3: mouth is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, next question should will it be gary himself but probably not in his first year okay next question um who of all the guests including presenters and producers on this show has had the worst internet connection
1: oh uh sean yeah it's gotta
2: be me guys <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't heard a lot from him
0: maybe maybe his connection's gone maybe he should be the winner of this award
3: i'm still hidden here oh there in he is the okay ground
0: <laughs> Sounds like a good connection as well. Okay, next question. Uh, Will City employees get another company-wide day off for being really great in 2021?
1: I expect so. Uh, Yeah, I mean,
0: here's hoping. Why not? (laughs) Okay, COVID-19, thing of the past in 2021? Question mark?
1: No, sadly.
3: No, not completely
2: now. I think it'll be at least a a couple of years before everything back to normal.
0: We kind of answered this one, but ESG regulation in 2021, somewhere in the world. Yep. Everywhere, everywhere and always. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last question, Bitcoin price by the end of 2021.
2: What's your guess?
1: Oh, something ridiculous. I've no idea. (laughs) I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess.
2: Bitcoin price by the end of 2020. I mean, by the the time this goes out, it it, it could have hit 30,000 or it could have hit 10,000. Who knows?
1: That's true.
2: Yeah, so I honestly, yeah.
3: I'm going to make a random guess of $13,500. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joe, get, get right in the headline. City executives <laughs> Bitcoin price <to> plummet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, on that topic, Bitcoin ETF in 2021, yes or no?
1: I think there already are, aren't they?
0: A regulated one, then. Oh, uh, (laughs) uh, uh,
1: I'm trying to think of what what the new administration's view on Bitcoin ETFs would be. Probably not good. Uh, No.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say no.
2: Uh, I'm going to phrase it in a a famous, very well-known line from the show Industry, (laughs) by the dip, Short the Vix. I would say yeah. <laughs> we'd
0: <We're> really put <good laughs> work bleeping your language out there. Okay. thanks, Jay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cyber twenty twenty one virtual or in person?
1: Combination.
0: Ooh. wasn't one of the options. Yeah. But okay. Just... <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm
2: going to say yes in combination. I mean, it's in... I'd say yes. Yeah, both. But everyone's going to try and get to Singapore as much as they can. So Marina Bay. Who will, Who wouldn't want to be there? <laughs>
0: true yeah move mountains to make it there Um, Mythid 3 announced next year yes or no yes oh 100% yeah brilliant Boris Johnson Prime Minister by the end of 2021
1: oh god I hope not
0: Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean who knows honestly Uh, yeah okay and finally last question there's always a Finreg Angle podcast to win an award within the next 12 months
3: yes of course I mean I'm surprised we haven't already
0: Yeah, Kais, you're the one that's got to be putting this in for me. We're we're all busy dealing with the fame over here. The admin slide. That's got to be you.
3: Hopefully i get shout out.
0: Thanks, guys. Well, um, that's all the questions. Thanks for the... uh, for the, the prompt answers to the to the buzz round. So um, that's that's it for our end of year show. Um, just a, a big thanks to all of you, um, Sean, Virginia and Joe for, and, and Kais, of course, for producing, um, for getting us through 10 episodes. And uh, yeah, you know, we're nearly, nearly up to a year of this and, and still going strong and we're getting more of an audience by the show, which is really great to see. So, um, you know, thanks to you all. And uh, for one last time for the year, uh, Sean, where can we find your
3: thoughts and workings into- yeah, as always please check out S- city securities services insights at city velocity backslash insights well well practiced now eh um, <laughs> <laughs> what about you
1: yep you can find uh my research on www.fintechfirebrand.com and you can find that my twitter handle is virginie O'Shea, or you can look at Fintech uh
0: thank you and joe what are the, some of the wonderful things global custodian have been up to lately
2: uh we had a, a, a second shiny documentary uh we went we went a bit more upscale didn't we we went from a a uh, an empty warehouse to a, a non bar in new york maybe wasn't maybe it was in london um <laughs> but yeah you can check that out on club Custodian. a little bit offended that you
0: said we uh went upmarket a bit more when you were presenting this one and I did the first one but um that's fine <laughs> I get what you're trying to say. So oh, there we go, upmarket. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> so do, do give that a, a, a view. Um, you yeah, know, Hopefully, Sean and Virginia, you got to, to see it as well. But uh, yeah, if, if no one else has uh, seen it yet, then um, do make sure you give it a view. It's available on demand on Clubber Custodian website. So um, uh, that's all from us for now. So thanks again for listening. Do remember to leave, give us some feedback and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you... Uh, Listen to your podcast, but for for 2020 and uh, this episode, that's all. Thanks for listening. You were listening to There's Always a Fimreg Angle podcast with Global
3: Custodian.